Welcome to Celtic Legacy. This is T.M. Moore. The gospel of Jesus Christ is unapologetically totalitarian in nature. That is, when we are saved, Jesus saves everything about us so that he can renew us in all our ways and help us realize the full and abundant life for every aspect of our lives that he has won for us on the cross and out of the empty tomb. Jesus is making all things new in our lives, and this includes even our work. For every believer, the work we've been given to do is greater than the job at which we work. There's the work of sanctification, of growing in the Lord. There's the work of marriage and home and family, vocational work, church work, and more. Paul says that all our work can glorify the Lord, but we must consciously and consistently refer our work to him for that to be the case. But how do we do that? Colum Kilo was head of the monastic community on Iona in the middle of the 6th century. He encouraged his monks in all their labors and even constructed a prayer for them to use in preparing for their work day. Here is Colum's wonderful poem, Adiator Laborantium, or Helper of Workers, in this installment of Celtic Legacy entitled, Heartily Unto the Lord. Ah, helper of all workers and blessed ruler of all good, you stand continuous guard throughout the land, defending every faithful man, extending lowly ones your hand, frustrating those who in pride stand. Great ruler of the faithful and hosts who in sin prefer to stand, injustice ruling every man, condemning sin by your command, cascading light on every hand, light and the father of lights and magnificent throughout the land. No one will you your helping hand or strength deny who in hope stand. Please, Lord, though I am little and quail wretchedly before your hand, rowing hard against harsh winds and strong tumults and temptations grand, that Jesus may reach out his hand unto me, I implore. His land, verdant and lovely, be my land. Yes, make my life a hymn to stand zealous against those you withstand. Please grant that paradise, my land in Jesus Christ, by grace may be, both now and in eternity. Helper of Workers is one of two poems ascribed to Colum Kela, the founder and first abbot of the monastery of Iona, and one of the greatest saints of the mid-sixth century. Whereas his other poem, Altus Prosator, the exalted first sower, celebrates the majesty, greatness, and transcendence of God, this poem shows us a father who's concerned about the everyday details of our lives, that we might know his presence and enjoy his rest amid all our trials and travails. The two poems together reveal much about the spirit and ministry of Colum and about the period of the Celtic Revival. Colum was a deeply spiritual man, scholarly, disciplined, and gifted with second sight, an evangelist, poet, and teacher of many. Though he left little in the way of written material, the life, composed by Adamnan a century after his death, gives us what the writer insists over and over is a true portrait of the man. Exiled from Ireland under mysterious circumstances, Colum settled on the island of Iona off the coast of Scotland, where he established a monastery, a great monastery, from which he and many others set forth to proclaim the kingdom of Christ. Colum was regarded as the head of Irish Christianity up to the Synod of Whitby in 664, when the Irish bishops yielded to the Roman pontiff and the Celtic revival began to wane. 
This poem gives us a glimpse into the soul of Colum, a man who led a busy life of study, teaching, evangelizing, and laboring on the grounds and in the fields of the monastery on Iona. Colum understood that he had no strength of his own to do the work God had appointed to him, and here he shows us what must have been for him a daily formula of prayer for seeking the Lord's help in this life and beyond. This is an Abecedarian poem, each line beginning with the next letter of the Latin alphabet. Owen and Marcoux, who give us a copy of this poem, explain that there are a couple of exceptions, but in the main, the pattern remains true. Each line ends with a word ending in Latin in I-U-M, thus producing a consistent rhyme scheme. The poem is a plea to God and to the Lord Jesus to help amid the struggles and trials of this life, and for safety through this life to the eternal haven and paradise of God beyond. By the form of it, we can see it was intended as a prayer, to be frequently repeated, perhaps while walking to the fields or going on a journey or moving on to another task, and to be shared with others as well. In the Latin, it could have easily been learned and chanted, probably by various nooms, thus serving as a means for helping men at work keep focused on the Lord, who helps all workers, and beyond that, who brings us to himself in glory. The titles with which Colum addresses God tell us something about his relationship to his father, helper, ruler, guard, defender, lifter. These are the sentiments of one who knew God in the everyday details of life and who experienced his presence and glory as a daily necessity and delight. Colum also understood the goodness and severity of God who blesses the faithful and opposes the impenitent and who is Lord even of human rulers and judges. God was to Column light and life, hope and strength, a judge to be feared, yet a father to be trusted, invoked, and loved. He saw himself as one who was rowing through a stormy life, trusting God to draw him on through every trial to heavenly rest. It's not clear to me what Colum means by, quote, an unending holy hymn forever, end quote, but two thoughts come to mind. Colum may have been thinking about heaven and the continuous singing of saints and angels before the throne of God, a metaphor for the unending devotion of all God's elect. In certain monasteries of medieval Europe, monks were taught to breathe at different times during their chanting so that the music itself would not be interrupted, thus reflecting their sense of the continuous music of heaven. Alternately, Colum might have been thinking of his own life and of this poem as a kind of symbol of his life. Was he praying that God would make him an unending hymn? That he would be a perpetual song of praise to God in everything he did? That God's help to him in all his labors would bring forth from him work to praise and honor God? Perhaps. It may be the column was deliberately vague here, intending us to reflect on both ideas. The poem has a here and now as well as a then and there focus. Column is seeking the Lord's help for his present struggles and labors, but he has an eye on the joy of paradise, as he says, and the eternal rest of the saints when his days of work are done. By this poem, he is, as was said of St. Bridget, practicing the life of heaven on earth through meditation and prayer. This poem encourages me in two ways. First, it reminds us that God is concerned about the daily details of our lives, that he stands ready to be present with and to help all who call upon him, seeking to honor and glorify him in all they do. 
Second, it reminds me of the benefit of poetry and song and how these can help in setting our minds on the things that are above and in practicing prayer without ceasing. Adiatur Laborantium is a song of grace, faith, hope, and living out the kingship of Jesus in the everyday details of life. It gives hope to every little man, every wretched, trembling, struggling soul, that their Father in heaven knows their needs even before they ask, and stands ready to come to their aid when they ask in the name of Jesus for his help. Visit our website, www.ilba.org, to discover the many free resources for kingdom living that are available there. To learn more about the Celtic Revival and its enduring legacy, click the Bookstore tab at our website and order a free copy of the book, The Legacy of Patrick. Join us next time on Celtic Legacy as we consider five aspects of life as a Celtic Christian missionary. Until then, for Celtic Legacy and the Fellowship of Ilba, this is T.M. Moore. Thank you.